Bloody Elbow presents Care Del Care, the show that determines the most and least interesting fights on upcoming UFC events and sometimes strays outside of MMA into general pop culture. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes, John S. Nash, and Eugene S. Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of Care Don't Care, the show that previews the week's upcoming UFC events by determining which fights are hot and which fights are not. I'm Steffi Haynes, and normally I'd be joined by Eugene S. Robinson, author of Fight, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Ass-Kicking But Were Afraid You Get Your Ass Kicked for Asking, and host of the Show Stomper podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, and owner and operator of the Eugene S. Robinson Substack. But he's on tour for one more week. He'll be back next week. I am joined by my co-host, John Nash host of the Show Money podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, owner and operator of the Hey Not the Face podcast, and Bloody Elbow's chief financial columnist. Now today we are looking ahead to UFC Vegas 63, but first we're going to look back at UFC 280 and see how we fared on last night's card and John, Eugene came in first. Yeah, what he needed that. You? He's dead last. Dead last for the year. Dead last for the year. I mean, just dab. I mean, okay, people, I have a, my favorite website. I'm sure everybody knows that I'm by Beaton Finley or Finley Beaton, but his handle is Beaton Finley on Twitter. So we're going to call him Beaton Finley. But uh, you go to workshyindividual.com. It keeps track there. And my God, you look at it, and 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 Eugene is so far. I, I don't even know if he's on the chart. He's so far at last. <laughs> Well, he did win yesterday, and it looks like all of his calls for um, Nurmagomedov and Mustafayev proved correct. So we are going to look at the card. We're going to start at the top and work our way down. Let's talk about Islam Makachev defeating Charles Oliveira. Eugene and I took Charles. You took Makachev. It was a beatdown, too. Yeah, I, I mean, it's weird because I did have some hope for Charles Oliveira in the fight, even though he was losing, you know, I was getting dominated somewhat, but I kept, he was like hanging in enough and he was fighting back enough from his back that I thought, man, I wonder if Islam's going to get tired and it's going to turn around in the third or fourth round, but we never got that far. So mm-hmm. didn't happen. Thankfully it didn't happen because I picked Islam to win. So, so as he's a, uh, but the good thing is I don't listen to what he says outside the cage or in the post fight interviews. So whatever cringe people on Twitter are talking about with that guy yeah. doesn't phase me. So that's the that's the good news. The good news is I p- picked him to win. That's all I care about. Well, here's the observation I took away from it: the pe- peaks that we have seen into his striking lately have shown us that he has some power sitting there waiting to to show itself. And it has been over the past few fights, but never as much as last night. He sat Charles right down. Now, I know Charles uh, gets dropped a good bit, but he always comes back. But he got dropped, and then he got mauled. It was a straight-up club and sub, but he got mauled so fast, he never got his chance to recover. And that was the big difference maker is that Islam wasted zero time. Everyone else that's dropped Charles lately 
has given them a moment to recover. And that's, that's your big rule. That's your big rule that you don't do. That's your mistake. Yeah. You don't yeah, I mean, recover. Yeah. I, I didn't, I wasn't shocked. I didn't feel nervous or anything when he dropped, uh, uh, Olivero because everybody does. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but right. Everybody else is, is very respectful of his jujitsu game. They're very, they, you know, they always pause. They're, they're afraid to just jump on him and set some up for the sub. But for Islam, I mean, he's, he's confident up in his wrestling that he, he was right on top of him on top of his. Okay. His striking was good enough that he dropped him, but I, I mean, his ground and pound was pretty impressive mm -hmm. the way he yes. beat him on the ground there and then set up the, you know, the submission. So all that was very thing is we had we had a lot of questions about him because he the level of competition he's been fighting not by just his own choice I mean only the fighters have been able to set him up with have been the next tier down of UFC caliber fighters he hasn't fought the top level guys we never did a real good gauge of where he belongs but it's obvious he's probably as good as they say I mean is he as good as Khabib yes. I don't know he could be could yes. be as good could be better could be worse I think he is. I do. I, I think he's as good as Khabib. I, I mean, there's a reason why Khabib is pushing him as hard as he is, why they're dropping so much money into his training camp, why Khabib himself has said he's better than I am. Um, uh, Javier Mendez has said the same thing. I, I firmly believe that he's Khabib 2.0. He has zero hesitation and he's got the power behind the striking. Um, we, we always marvel at the power that Charles grew into. He's never shown that kind of power until the last couple of years. It looks like Islam is discovering his own well of power as well. And, uh, that's a good thing because to go along with that stifling grappling game that he has to have that kind of power as well. And the drive, the killer drive to just immediately follow through. There was not a second, not even a millisecond wasted from the time he dropped him. I mean, I don't even think Charles was all the way down before he was following him down to, to get that, that submission locked in. Yes. <laughs> no, I have nothing to add. So yes, I agree. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, last thing I do want to note here. Khabib's a good coach. Everything that he was saying in the corner, all of his instruction, streamlined for the moment. Everything. I mean, you could hear him in the corner when they would get over there by the corner. You could hear all of his instruction. I mean, to tell you, the guy is good. He knows what he's doing. So I, yeah, I, I, I do want to I mean, point that the, out. You know, I think you're right. He's a son of a he's Actually, everything about – he really seems to understand – the, for a guy that didn't seem that obsessed with the financial aspects of the fight business, he's a guy that seems to really understand mm -hmm. uh, the fight business because not only is he a good coach, like understanding the directing, he's also good at – Bringing it, getting the rub to his his fighter, like yeah. making him the next Khabib. Like you get whatever I built goes to this guy, and we're gonna talk about him, how good he is, and build him up. Uh, the the feuding with Oliveira, and I don't know, someone was quoting Oliveira that Khabib supposedly told Oliveira was all part of the business, which is like I don't know if that was a joke because that's what Conor McGregor yeah. told him, or if that was true. But but he did, he did, he does a good job of also promoting the fight. So he's he's you know the guy knows the business. What gets me is that. Khabib 
guiding Islam towards sniping down the number one pound for pound guy in Volkanovsky. That is very calculated, mercurial. Khabib wants that title for his guy because this is a continuation of Khabib's own legacy. You know, he was he was the number one pound for pound guy, undefeated, the world's best, the GOAT, whatever you want to call it. Now he's coaching and this is his prodigy, his protege. This is the guy that's going to take the mantle from him. So he wants every single bit of everything he can claim, including the pound for pound title. He wants that for his guy too. Who owns it right now? Volkanovsky and they're coming for it. Right now that title is in name only for Volkanovsky. If it does not change between now and the time that they fight because we all know how the rankings are the ufc ranking site that shit is so arbitrary that you know by tomorrow islam could have supplanted him as the pound for pound guy who knows but the point i'm making is is it won't actually be decided until those two fight but in my very humble opinion i think islam takes it away from volkanovsky well, truthfully, if Volkanovski moves up to lightweight and, let's say, loses, but in a very competitive fight that moves back down, uh, truthfully, because the way pound for pound is supposed to work, you shouldn't take away the pound for pound title from him. Mm-hmm. He's proven that he's the best at the weight class he's at because if he if he can be in a very competitive fight with Islam Akhub, a much bigger fighter, on a weight class up, and, and let's say it goes to decision or it's just a very close fight and, and Islam pulls out – Technically, that that shouldn't cause Volkanovski to lose his position, but it will because that's the way it works. People will they'll say, "Well, you know, head-to-head competition. This guy won; he gets it." So, no, what I'm saying uh, is the pound-for-pound ranking of all the guys of all the divisions right now they have Volkanovski sitting as pound-for-pound. Yeah, yeah, but that's the but pound-for-pound ranks. You're if all fighters were magically the same weight class, who's the number one fighter? Basically, it's trying to d- determine if Islam, who's 140 fights at 145, moves up to 155 and fights the 155 super close but loses. Well, technically, that doesn't disprove that Volkanovski is not the better pound-for-pound fighter. He moved up and fought a much bigger guy and held his own. That's what I'm saying. So truthfully, if it's a close fight, Volkanovski theoretically should retain his position as number one, but he won't because right. the voters will look at it and say, oh, yeah, the okay, head-to-head, so we, he lost. They will, making, they will throw out the rule. Yeah, we are making the same point, just in different different wordage. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, let, let, me, let, me, let me mansplain this one more time. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely see that. They, I mean, it won't even... It won't even make it to the fight. I very much see them changing it up probably in the middle of this coming week, which is sad because it's not yet been proven, but based off of last night's title win, that's what will happen. But anyways, let's move on down to the saddest fight on the entire card. TJ Dillashaw losing to Aljamain Sterling because of that slipped shoulder. And listen... I have a big, big problem with this fight even having happened because TJ Dillashaw very clearly said that he told the ref before the fight ever happened that his shoulder was going to slip because he'd been having problems with it. So the UFC having complete control of everything from the commission down because this thing took place in Abu Dhabi. Ooh, that's a terrible look. John, you got to weigh in on this for me. 
Well, yeah, it was a, it, it was terrible. Well, far, first I should say it's, there, there's a chance maybe Sterling would have kicked the crap out of him anyways, even before that. Who knows? But obviously, as soon as the shoulder slipped and the, and he couldn't, I mean, there was a moment where he's literally holding his arm up because he couldn't, you know, it was just dangling there and he had to hold it in place. And it's like, how do you defend yourself when you have one useless arm and the other arm's holding in place to keep it from hurting? Right then, it's like the fight should be called. And yet they, I mean, I like I said, I said on Twitter, it was almost comical. It would have been funny, except for the fact that uh, TJ Dillashaw was getting the crap kicked out of him the whole time. That's the part that wasn't funny. Otherwise, everybody just ignoring this was happening was strangely amusing. Now, considering the commission, I have to look in because technically what uh, UFC has done in the past, they have they run their own commission. They have Mark Ratner kind of run it. But they also kind of subcontract to to the Nevada commission. They supposedly leave it to commit Nevada standards. But the difference is, I think with Bellator, when they go overseas, they basically hire the Mohegan Sun to act as their commission. So that, that way they dump all the responsibility on them. The UFC, though, I think they still kind of operate their own international commission, but use uh, Nevada standards, supposedly. So this would really does look bad on kind of – it would be the UFC's responsibility if they knew about the injury, and I can't see how they didn't know. I really can't. He supposedly – it was 20 times he said before the fight he had problems, and he warned people – that it's hard to believe that no one knew this ahead of time. Yeah. So exactly. uh, it just makes you wonder why the why the fight went ahead. I mean, there were other fights on the card. I don't know why this fight. Why? I mean, why even book it if the guys haven't? There at some point during his training camp, you have to realize. Did he ever tra- train at the Performance Institute? Was he ever there? I'm not sure on that. I mean, what's the point of the Performance Institute if they don't recognize an injury like that? Yeah. So that, that's another question I have. So I don't know. It was it just it was a dreadful, dreadful fight. Uh, just a, I'm sure a lot of fans don't care, though. They, I'm sure they found it amusing that some guy was beating the crap out of another guy. Yeah. But I found it. Uh, uh, it's atrocious. I, the, I Again, they shouldn't have fight it. But even then, in the middle of the fight, I, I couldn't believe no one was stopping it when it was so Thank obvious. You. The guy can't His put up a defense. Corner. Let him go out there like that. That that was that's, awful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they. That's insane that your corner has no res- so little respect for your personal health. It's obvious he's going to lose. He's going to lose bad. In between rounds, you'd think they would stop and say, you know what? You took enough damage. We're going to collect our pay- our purse for showing up. Let's not go any further. But instead, no, let's go out there and just get your a- – I mean, he was just getting pummeled. I mean, he must have took 50 headshots on the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was gross. Absolutely. Nobody stopping this thing really bothered me. Ugh, so awful. Then we get to Sean O'Malley defeating Piotr Jan. Piotr Jan, excuse me. But did he defeat Piotr Jan? I'm not sure. I I saw it for <laughs> Piotr Jan. Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, I, we did warn there was a chance that it's not impossible for uh, O'Malley to win. But, I, I per- okay, I'm going to say personally, I didn't view that as a robbery. That I was didn't just either. Really... I didn't either. I made nope. sure yep. to put that out on Twitter too. Yeah, I did not I, see it a robbery. But it was a really, really, really bad decision. Yeah. There's a difference. A robbery is there's no way that this guy deserved it, that you could ever see him winning it. <clears throat> a really bad decision is somehow because O'Malley obviously won the third round. Yeah. But and and I thought Jan won the first two, but they weren't like dominating wins. The second was pretty clear, but the first round wasn't like so clear that it was like it was undeniable but it it was it seemed like a clear win i should say but not so clear that you couldn't see a guy making a mistake on it occasionally and that we got at least two judges making mistakes on that round 
that's why it wasn't a robbery. They made mistakes, but it wasn't. A, I didn't view it as a robbery. But still, it was it was a shocker because I thought, um, you know, I, I thought Jan. First of all, I was impressed. Even even though I thought he lost, I was impressed. The Mali was able to hold his own as well as he did. Hey, that John. that somewhat surprised me. Hey John, I I have news. What's that? You won the week. I just realized that he picked Muradov and Kyle Bahayo beat Muradov. Oh my so god. Like four and four. So you actually won the week. Oh, this is like Truman winning in forty eight out of nowhere. Yeah. Miscalled. I'm gonna on the, remind you know, I'm gonna remind at multiple you, you, points here simply so that Finley Beaton can know. Yes. Oh, I, it's like the, 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 I'm going to hold a paper. Eugene beats Nash, defeats Nash. Like, you know, Truman holding the Dewey paper. <laughs> oh my goodness. The landslide thing that never happened. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Didn't, did not lose. Look at that. You missed. Oh my God. This is the best. My Sunday just keeps getting better. <laughs> All right. So back to, uh, Oh, oh wait, you know what? We should call Eugene in Europe right now and just let oh, him know that I, uh, let me tell you, hold on. You loser. You, you, you fold finder, malinger. <laughs> so back to this fight real, real quick. Um, yeah. One thing that I did notice was that Sean O'Malley appears to have left his durability issues behind because he was taking some hellacious shots and recovering and keep going. Um, he has found his intestinal well of fortitude. Yeah, I mean, also he didn't. He was not injury prone like he has been in previous fights. Well, and that's uh, what durability means, John. Well, let me look up my uh, my thesaurus here and make sure that's what it means. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I was first of all, I was a I, first round. He caught Jan with the clean strike. Yeah. And I thought, oh god, that's how O'Malley wins. But then Jan turned it around. Uh, but he stuck with it. He was giving. I mean, I thought Jan was you know out hitting him. Let's say four to three every round except mm. for the, the third round third round he he totally caught Jan. i think it was a knee that busted Jan open it was the knee wasn't it because mm-hmm. that knee was just a clean knee and at that point it's like holy crap this guy is again i i mean i wasn't shocked that he there was a, i always thought there was a chance because he does have pretty accurate striking pretty hard striking so i thought there was a chance he could catch Jan. but then he could consistently even though i thought he lost i thought Jan was the better fighter but Jan, let's not forget Jan is one of Right now, we consider him one of the two best guys in the UFC at 135. Him and Sterling are basically, you know, almost neck and neck. And that he was able to hold his own for huge chunks of the fight mm-hmm. was very surprising to me. Even though I thought, yeah, but th- that sets up. I don't know how a Sterling fight goes because Sterling, the grappling, I think, would give O'Malley problems. But his re- maybe, he, you know, maybe he beats him up on the feet, keeps him at a distance, mm-hmm. and Sterling can't close the gap. I don't know. So th- there is some intrigue there, but I still got to favor Sterling. Yeah. Um, one thing that I did notice was the high kicks that he was throwing at Jan were landing with serious impact. And I think that, be- because he landed a few of them, I think those might have swayed the judges towards the end there because he was landing them in the latter part of the fight. Yeah. But he looked well, I mean- good. Yeah, especially the third. I mean, the third round, obviously, after he, he rocked him with the knee, he was taken over. But the first two rounds, I mean, I think technically, probably statistically, O'Malley outstruck Jan, I bet you, if you looked mm-hmm. at the stats. But to me, the damage portion, it was, it was Jan's punches looked much fuller, like mm-hmm. he much more flush when he was striking. 
And so I gave him those rounds. But again, I just go keep going back. O'Malley did much, much better than I thought he would. And he looks like a, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say he's the next big thing because we've seen him lose previous fights. We've seen him look bad at times, but he is definitely a a top level fighter. For sure. Absolutely. His stock definitely improves. I agree with you. He fights Aljamain Sterling. He's he he will probably lose. However, he does hit hard enough mm-hmm. where then he might back Sterling up a little bit, make him reconsider whatever his fight plan is going in. But I still yeah. think Aljo makes the adjustments and, and wins. But Sean O'Malley definitely belong belongs in the top five. There's no yeah, two I'm, ways about it. I, I agree. Sterling, I think I, I favor him, but there there are avenues for victory mm-hmm. for O'Malley. Yeah. And I just want to point out, I tweeted something and a lot of people just didn't seem to get it. I said, uh, I thought O'Malley won, even though he lost. And people are like, oh, how could he say he won? And I'm like, no, the, the, the expression is because he he really lost. He won. And like we just said earlier, just by being so good, it's considered a victory. But then they really gave him the win, which was a lot, which was wrong. So, yeah. All right. Benil Dariush put a damn clinic on Mateus Gamrot showed that young puppy, which in was up and golly, every time I think that Dariush might have already left the confines of his prime, he proves me wrong. And my God, he, he just destroyed him. He looks so good in there. It was insane. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was shocked. Uh, I, I picked Gamrot. I thought even when the fight started, I thought Gamrot was going to take over at some point. Mm. And it just never happened. And, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, one thing got really distracting for me, too. Well, one is uh, Darius is he still has got that salt and pepper hair. It's just it's kind of mesmerizing. It's very, very dignified looking. Looks like he should be put in a suit and head to the office or something. And uh, two is uh, Gamera at one angle. God damn it. He looks like Bradley Cooper. And after I saw that, (laughs) I I couldn't unsee it. And it was driving me nuts the whole fight. So that was really distracting. I got to be honest. But uh I I mean, considering Darius has never beaten the the top top guys in the division, but his consistent wins. That guy, talking on Twitter, I I think he's basically the should be the made the mandatory challenger. I know we don't have that in MMA, mm-hmm. but you know, basically lay open the oper- the um the option for him. Within the next twelve months, we are going to give you a shot at the lightweight. T- you've earned a shot at the title at, with, with all your wins. And we're going to give it to you, be, and you can either take another fight in between or or just wait, but you will eventually get that shot within the next 12 months. That would be amazing if we could have that system, but we never will, and we both know that. Yeah, that gives too much leverage to fighters, exactly. knowing that they're guaranteed a shot. So, <laughs> but, but they don't want that. But still, I, I think it'd be fitting. The guy's record, again... For a guy that's never beaten, I don't think he's ever beaten anybody in the top five. I'm trying to think top my the guy guys that were currently in the top five when he fought him, but he, he has just such a long list of consistent quality wins that I he's been around so long. He just deserves a shot. I don't care about his crazy stuff post fight. He says and his all the cringe stuff. I mean, I, I just don't follow what fighters say. I don't care about their their belief system. I just say in the cage what he's done. The guy kind of earned earned a title shot for sure. I agree. Especially at lightweight, where it's brutal competition. I mean, it's one of the deepest divisions. After 135, lightweight is the place. I know it's your favorite division, but uh, yeah, the competition is deep there. So No, my favorite is super heavyweight. You know that. 
And and to your point about Vanille's salt and pepper hair, dude is only 33 years old. I know. I mean, you think you look at him like this guy is 45 and walking off the set of Mad Men. <laughs> All right. Next, we get to Manon Fior defeating Caitlin Chikagian. Pretty decent fight, actually. I didn't mind this at all. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I thought, I mean, it's hard for me. to. There's just a lot of fights. I watched, I think, from the, um, I started in Nirmagedimov, uh, Omar, Omar Godzvi, Godziv, I think. Omar Godziv. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I started in that. So that's just a lot of fights. So I, I'm at the age, I think, I almost need them to scale down the number of good fights to five or six so I can remember them all. Because I I remember being enjoyable, decent. I remember thinking Marion Firo won. Clearly, won. I thought she clearly won the fight. Two to one, I think I gave her rounds. Like, two rounds clear for her. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I just, nothing, it's hard for me, just so much happened. So much weirdness happened. It's hard for me to remember specifics about this fight. There weren't a whole lot of specifics other than it was a good, gritty fight. Manon clearly won, and that was it. Yeah, it's. I mean, we're wait. The I mean, the next fight, the Dariusha Gamro fight. I mean, I don't remember much of that except for the fact that Dariusha has salt and pepper hair, and Gamro looks a lot like Bradley Cooper. My <laughs> <laughs> my mind is taken up by uh, the Bilal Muhammad and the that and the last three fights in the card. So. Yeah, Bilal Muhammad. Defeating Sean Brady, excellent win, excellent performance. Sean Brady is, you know, he was no ham and egg, or that dude was 15-0 and 0 coming in, strong as an ox, and with a one-hitter quitter. And not only did Bilal take those punches, he stopped Sean Brady. And, and he yeah. stopped him emphatically. I mean, his power has increased his his confidence in his striking has increased. His technique looks good. His striking's come a long way in three years. Oh yeah, I mean, I actually, I think I first of all, I didn't pick him. I think I picked Brad, Brady. Well, here's uh, the I problem. You I, you were going to pick Muhammad. I have the little note here, and I talked you out of it when we went looking through their records. Yeah, oh yeah, because Brady more recent wins I thought were, were better quality recent wins. That's I remember. Yeah, see, look what you did. Look what you did. You ruined my my whole. I had my system down, and you you threw a wrench in it. You won though. Who cares? I still, yeah, I know, but I want even a more emphatic win. I want to just, I just want to just bury you guys. Just, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, his I owe him some apology because I, he is much better. Than I've given him credit for. He just looks every fight. He looks better. Like I said, his striking gets better. He just he pieced them together. It's interesting too that the stoppage on this. You go back a couple of years. I bet you this fight doesn't get stopped a few right. years ago. Yeah. That you know that there's I, I give the ref credit in this fight. You know they maybe should have. I don't think it's it wasn't it was Goddard Godard, whatever Godard did. Uh, God, how do you say his name? Goddard. Uh, Goddard. What's that? Goddard. That's how Ben. Thing of the director passed away, good. But uh, Goddard, uh, he did Sh- Sterling D- Dillashaw, didn't he? Yeah. Okay, I remember him in that. And he didn't. I, obviously, someone else did this fight because I give him credit because even though it wasn't the old rule, like the guy was still fighting, still defending. After that many shots to the head, it's just just for safety reasons. They should have done it with uh, Calvin Cater a few a while back against Holloway. You take that many punches, you just got to stop it. I don't even care if the guy can possibly come back and win it. You're just leaving – you're risking permanent health damage to that guy by leaving him in there taking that kind of hits. Yes. So I, I was I, – strangely, I was very happy with that. I'm sure some people didn't like it. 
because it goes against the what usually is done in in the past in MMA. But I I was I was very pleased to see it stoppage because he was just getting the shit kicked out of him. He was he was. All right, next up we get to Kyle Barrio defeating Mahmoud Muradov. I didn't have a problem with this decision. I also thought it was a pretty entertaining fight. Um, Eugene had picked. Um, oh, you know what? I take it back, John. You did not win. Yeah, why are you playing with my heart like this? He didn't pick Muradov. He picked Mustafayev. Excuse me. So he's still in the lead. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Just, you're just pulling at the heartstrings. You're just playing oh, with my emotions I'm, like I'm, that. I'm it's like a roller coaster here. Master, right now, I'm just making John dance just all the, over the. Hold on, let me text. Let's text Eugene back. Ignore the last text. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so, anyways, Caio Baraglio, he 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 took it. Uh, we didn't pick this fight, but uh, I wanted to yeah. see him take a step up in competition, though. I, I tell you what, though, him. he's a definite care. I, I oh, enjoyed yeah. him thoroughly in this fight. For sure. Uh, I want to see him inside the top 15 now. He's had three fights in the UFC, three wins, and they're decisive wins. He's not going in there and barely pulling them out. He's getting shit done. So yeah. I, I like this guy a lot. Next Same fight, here. And, uh, oh, so I just want to say, is it just... Was I the only person, or did you see this too? Doesn't he have a strange body resemblance to Paulo Costo and uh, and Arona from Pride Days? Oh, definitely Ricardo Arona. Yes. Yeah, just that, that just that kind of like chiseled square body. I just, I don't know. It was, it was kind of again. It was one of those things. I as soon as I recognized it, I like, God damn it, I can't get it out of my head now. I think Paulo's a little bit more streamlined. He's got the more cut yeah. waist, but Arona, that's the perfect description right there. Uh, but it's still the guy's a definite care. That was he looked. He had a he had a fun style. I enjoyed it, and yeah. he looked good. And he needs to fight a top fifteen guy next. Definitely, I think he moved move him up. Yep. All right. Next up, a fight you definitely got right. Nikita Krylov. Okay, he's getting my vote for most improved fighter on the roster. Dude is making all the right choices in his fights, and he just defeated Volkan Uzdemir, who is in the top fifteen. Uh, Nikita Krilov looks like a million bucks lately. Yeah, I mean, I okay. My emotion, the roller coaster ride in this fight starts off. He gets caught by Ostermeyer mm-hmm. getting the crap kicked out of him. I thought, oh god, I picked the wrong guy. I should, I was completely wrong. This is not gonna lie. Then he turns around and comes back and I go, oh god, I can't wait to just gloat over Eugene and uh, Steph for picking the wrong guy. So I it was a, but I agree with him. He looked first of all, he's never had cardio to last, and yet he lasted the whole fight. Mm-hmm. He looked. Fairly good striking, very at least very. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go all in yet. I still. He still has a lot of deficiencies. He doesn't look like the elite level, but light heavyweights not like exactly. So it's for not light super deep. So he's making he's making the moves. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance he's a definite, probably a contender coming up, and and in light heavyweight, there's always with a lot of the fighters are pretty old. There's always a chance one of them just drops up a cliff during a so that the, there's always the opportunity to grab the title yeah all right um abubakar nurmagomedov did defeat uh omar Gadziev, so eugene got that uh i do want to touch on one other fight we didn't pick this fight but listen mohammed mokayev is a 21 year old guy who has a lot of hype behind him 
don't give up on him because he had a ho-hum performance against Malcolm Gordon, who is also a tough guy. Yes, I get it. This fight was boring. It was not what we expected it to be. He did get the submission, though, in the end. He did find his way. And remember, he's a baby. Give him a chance to get his legs under him. He's still a care for me. Um, I didn't care going into this because the card is huge. And there were so many good fights at the front of it. Very top-heavy card. But he's somebody I'm still going to watch. So I just want to put that out there. Any thoughts on that? I didn't see this fight. But yeah, he's a, like a 21, 22-year-old. He's really young. I don't know. I, like, I'm, I'll wait a while to see. You know, Give him like three or four more fights, see where he's at. You know, Then we'll know. But uh, one fight doesn't mean a lot of guys in the young days, they get caught by a guy that just has more experience, knows, did, well, does something the that they're fight. not ready for. He won the fight. That's the thing. He won. Oh, no. I say, yeah, yeah. I'm saying look, but for people saying he didn't look good. Yeah. yeah. I, I realize he won the fight. But for people say, oh, he should have killed the guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there's, you know, the guys, uh, no matter what, the guy's what, 30 something and has, you know, um, has a number, probably a decent caliber of opponent. Isn't that the guy that beat Francisco Figueredo? Yeah. So he's not like a total loser. So, yeah, makes sense. Indeed. All right. So we are going to get to UFC fight night, Cater versus Allen, which is a phenomenal fight. I am looking forward to that fight. Uh, UFC Vegas 63. John, you know what you got to do. You got to fill in for Eugene. So give us the disclaimer. Oh boy. Okay, pressure's on. I got I got the list ready. Crybabies, bedwetters, greedy bread gobblers, uh fault finders, work shy individuals, um oh malingers, right? Yeah. I think that's that's the one I forgot. Malink, God they they come earlier. We gotta start over. No, that's that's fine. We'll leave. Okay, that's people know the list there. Uh this has less to do with your skills and more to do with the the and less to do with your skills and talents and more to do with the uh, promotional have put into you by the, or the marketing have put into you by your overlords at the oopsie. God damn. I really screwed this one up today. Uh, uh, the failed IP, no, the successful IPO oopsie. The, uh, and uh, so d- don't come crying to us bedwetters. And greedy bread gobblers. Oh God. I, I, I thought I had it this week. I really did. I fell apart. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I I think I love these weeks when Eugene isn't here just so I can listen to you mangle that thing. <laughs> uh, next week, next time, I'm just going to do the Travis Bickle monologue from Taxi Driver. <laughs> so I know that one. All right. As always, we are working from the topology quick sheet from the bottom up. Bout order is subject to change. Only 11 fights on this card, and hopefully eight of them fall <laughs> off. <laughs> No, well, just you can. That's why we're here to tell people to skip which ones to skip. All right. First up, Cody Durden taking on Clinton Rodriguez at 125. I don't care. Yeah, I don't. It's Cody Durden. That's all. Is that a that's He's an a, actor or something? I don't know. No, no. Oh, Tyler, Tyler the Fight Club. Tyler yeah, Durden. You think of Tyler Durden? No, Cody Durden is the uh, problem child that likes to make the racist tweets. Oh, yes, yes, that's where I get the, uh, yeah, no, I don't, don't care. I don't care about that fight other than I this, hope he gets Yeah, it's not, it's not relevant. All right, and for the record, we will get Eugene's picks and put them out with Finley Beaton on Twitter. 
over the course of the week. Do not worry. All right, next up at 135, we have Christian Rodriguez taking on Garrett Armfield. Do not care about all these contender fights. No, I, yeah, not relevant. And by contender fights, I mean contender series fights. All right, next up, Roman Delizia taking on Phil Hawes at 185. Almost care because Delizia has got my attention, but not quite because he's not there yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is, theoretically, this is probably relevant. It's, uh, no, this is middleweight. So, yeah. no, not right. You got to be top, exactly. like, top 25 for middleweight for me. There's no, <laughs> there's, uh, there's not a deep enough division to, to go this far down. That's, that's true. All right. Next up, Jun Young Park taking on Joseph Holmes at middleweight. Do not care. Uh, yeah, no, I'm trying to, I, I'm just trying to draw. I don't know Joseph Holmes. Just, I'm drawing a blank. Have no clue who he is. Yeah, I don't care. yeah, I'm not trying to be mean either. I just don't know. I don't remember him. All right. Next up, Chase Hooper taking on Steve Garcia at 145. I don't care. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, oh, I guess you spoke, you already spoke for me. Don't care. <laughs> All right. Next up, Andre Arlovsky. This is where, this is where John's going to care. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. Big, Andre big Arlovsky care coming for me. taking on Marcos Rogerio de Lima. John already has his care locked and ready. Yeah, no, there's <laughs> no I, I Again, you know, my my views on heavyweights, especially old, old heavyweights that are over the hill outside the top. Yeah, no. All right. Next up at middleweight again. Trace. Although, wait, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just start. But Arlovsky has won a lot, hasn't he? He has. I don't, still don't care. Still don't have a care in the world for it. <laughs> All right. Next up, Trayshawn Gore taking on Josh Fremd. Don't care. It's at middleweight. Trayshawn, I don't even, I'm not, where are these guys from? I mean, not that I'm, I'm just, I just never heard of the name. So, Trayshawn Gore is from South Carolina. I've heard- I've never heard of either. I mean, promotion-wise, he from is he been in the UFC for a oh, while? Yeah. Or he's um he's had two fights in the UFC. He's lost both of them. Oh God! What's his overall record? Uh, his over three and two. Sweet bejesus! That's his total three and, record. Three and two. Uh huh. And he's that's on his the total... main card. This is the uh, main card opener. Yeah, that's that's his. I don't see again. Uh, yeah, I. That's just crazy. I mean, like we we've talked before. There's there's just no being a UFC caliber fighter doesn't mean anything anymore. And I think Honestly, this is a prime example. This is a one fight card. Where do you see the rest? Okay, that's the first fight on the main card. Wait. Okay, let's. I'm afraid to know the next one. Jared Vandera taking on Waldo Cortez Acosta. <laughs> Jared Vandera is that's, that's a heavyweight, heavyweight isn't yeah. it? That's oh, that yeah. heavyweight that just keeps losing, right? That's a twelve and nine, he- twelve nine and zero oh heavyweight taking on a seven and zero oh heavyweight we've never heard of. Uh, what's um not not that I'm ever going to pick the fight, but now because I, I just all I know from the Vander is that he's the guy that keeps losing. If I remember right, in the UFC. What's his what's his record for his last five or six fights in the UFC? Let's see here. I'm just. Uh... He is. In his last six, he is one in five. That just, holy crap. That's just amazing. It just. 
I don't want to hear any complaints from people four. talking about us saying we don't care about fights. Yeah. If, there's something seriously wrong about you that if you're getting excited and worked up to watch fights like this. Yeah, exactly. This whole card is just awful. All right, next up. <laughs> Dustin Jacoby taking on Khalil Roundtree. Uh, well, I'll, I'll give it some credit. It's a, a UFC caliber fight, at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, this you know, but... Guess yeah, you don't care. Yeah. This girl. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's, I don't care. It's outside relevancy, but it's not. It's not a, the previous fight's embarrassing that you keep putting the previous two. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you're booking people that poor, doing that poor in your main cards on events. This this is like okay, it's acceptable as a as a professional fight, but no, don't care. Not relevant enough. All right, we're all the way at the co-main event. Tim Means taking on Max Griffin. Guess who don't care. This girl. Oh, it ain't that's even pretty relevant. easy to. This is your co-main event. Listen, I like Tim Dirty Bird Means, but he's a little past his prime. Um, this. I really like Tim Means, but you're you're right. He's not. Uh, he's still, he, coming wait. off a big loss too to Kevin Holland. I I you know what? I just this card is just freaking terrible. Yeah. Oh man, that's I'm trying to I'm trying to muster up any interest in that, but I can't I can't admit that I have any interest in yeah I don't means versus group. They they both are coming off losses too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just yeah, it's not it, they're both going the wrong way. They're it, again, this would be this is I'm not saying this isn't like respectable a respectable fight, but it's not nothing to get excited and, and force yourself to tune in for. No, I mean, they're, they're, what's the difference between this and what we'd see on a Bellator card or a PFL or a, mm. you know, I, I it's think, just they're. I think I've seen better fights on a PFL or Bellator card. Oh yeah, yeah, especially the top of the card. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, for the bigger cards, but I mean, just on the, I mean, as a random fight on the the main card. Yeah. This, this is no better than the, I mean, so how are we getting worked up for this? I'm not. So. Yeah, this is your multi-billion dollar company, y'all. All right. We're at the top. The only fight I care about, Calvin Cater taking on Arnold Allen. I I got to go with Allen. Um Calvin Cater is a fun fighter. He's got the good striking and all, but he does not have overwhelming power. And he doesn't have great grappling defense. And Arnold Allen, man, the dude is just so well-rounded. And he's he's got the killer instinct. I just think he's better. And I'm taking Arnold Allen. Yeah, I, under, I mean, it's almost hard. I almost want to knock care because it's. I, I don't know if I'm going to muster up the energy to watch this card because this is the only fight. But it's a decent fight. Mm-hmm. It's not a fight that it's not a fight that's high level enough that like oh I have to see that right. Uh, but it's a good it's a decent enough fight. I, I got to go with um, I, I do got I got to with Allen too simply because Cater as much as if this was a little while ago I would have picked Cater no problem. But I'm still not convinced he's a fully recovered from the Holloway fight. I don't, I'm not convinced that that hasn't done something to him. Yeah, because he's been in kind of a lot of str- the the Giga fight was a lot of exchanges in that the Emmett fight a lot of you know it's I, I just I, it's hard for me to believe that that hasn't affected him so I got to go with Allen. I have to disagree with you on one thing though um, about getting worked up for it and its place in space. This is an important fight because I'm pretty sure this is Arnold Allen's um, 
title eliminator, his title shot eliminator. I think if he wins this, he may be the one that will challenge next for the 145 belt. So, well, see, I, well, I guess it, it's hard for me to think that just because of, well, I guess it matters what they do with Volkanovsky because I don't, yeah. I got a feeling you're right. They're not going to move him up to lightweight though. Right. That Oliveira didn't win. If that happens, yeah, then it's more important. But if they move Volkanovsky up to fight, uh, islam then then they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna make alan fight again yeah well or they'll set alan up with somebody to to get a um interim belt you know to just to add a little bit more intrigue for whenever they have volkanovsky or whoever fight this this is definitely an important bout though in, in the grand scheme of things i could see that it's you're probably right but it's i don't know it they they haven't they haven't signaled or they haven't uh, designated it as a mandatory challenge, but there is no mandatory challenge. What am I saying? As a contender bout, but they but yeah, you're probably right. It only because it's clear what they want to do with Volkanovski right now. So they're not making any intimations about 145 at all. But that's what that's what it was six eight months ago before all this Volkanovski stuff started. He was the guy they were looking at. So I'm looking at him the same way. And I don't know. I, I want to see him. If if he wins this, I want to see him be able to get some forward momentum going. Mm-hmm. Wait, wasn't uh, wasn't the talk that Yair Rodriguez was going to get the shot? Who knows? I don't know what's going on, honestly. But him fighting Yair Rodriguez would be awesome, too. They could yeah, well, they could fight it out, put on an interim belt, and until whatever shakes out with all of I mean uh, with uh, Makachev and Volkanovski. Yeah, well, again, we we have no clue what's going to happen, but yes, it's the fight. The fight's relevant, that's for sure. It's a it's a super relevant. Either way, it's a super relevant fight. But my my big thing is just that one super relevant fight. It's. It's, it's really hard, hard to, to have just that to be the thing that's pulling right. me into this card. I mean, are you really going to come from whatever you've decided to do with your day on Saturday? Are you really going to come home for that one fight, even though it is relevant? I need more than one fight to draw me, you know? Yeah, yeah there's a lot of stuff I need to get done. And I have a, I, <laughs> I really let my personal life go to hell. And I really, <laughs> maybe, maybe abandoning a, a UFC fight card would be a, a way to help heal that, the damages I've done. <laughs> and on that fine note, we are going to wrap up the show. John, what you got going on? Oh, well, I, I'm I'm in mourning because I didn't win after I was all excited. I'm just, uh, my <laughs> heart is just I, I broken. I brought you shattered. down. And then I built you up, and then I slammed you back down again. Oh, God, it's such the worst. That's the worst thing you can do to someone, <laughs> build up their hopes like that. But uh, I have, uh, a, well, I got, uh, I might be on If the Shoe Fits this week, but more importantly, we're recording an episode of the Hey Not the Face podcast Ooh. later today. So it should be out this week. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know if I have anything else. I don't know. I might, there's an article I want to write, but I don't know if I have time to write this week. So you just there might be an article. Show Money, too. Oh, I did. Yes, we recorded a show money uh, last week. Came out last week. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and Eugene, just get to the Eugene S. Robinson Substack and get to him on Twitter. That's Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter. Whatever you need, you can always find it on his Twitter. So on yeah. that fine and- note, we are going to wrap the show. Until next time, please stay safe.
Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Vivis Section, the Sixth Round Post-Fight Show, Sixth Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, Show Money, Guest Podcasts, the Hey Not The Face Podcast, and radio-style play-by-play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow Blog, and as always, on BloodyElbow.com.